Om Sai Ram everyone. Thank you for being here. Gautam, thank you for your time as always. My pleasure, Nick. So Gautam, today I wanted to talk to you about uh, receptivity mm-hmm. and how receptive devotees can be to Baba's teaching. This particular story in chapter 27 that I would refer to is the story of the Ramdasi mm-hmm. because Baba would often say that numerous people would come to Baba but they had their ghada upside vessel the vessel was put upside down right and as a result they would never absorb the teaching mm-hmm. so i felt this may be an excellent pointer which you could speak about yes uh, and i think the chapter you are referring to is uh, you know where somebody the ramdasi is tested to see if the teaching has impacted his daily living you see uh and that's you know that is the true acid test are we living the teachings of a master or is it just a convenience based model we have adopted and uh, with no direct impact on our daily living in this particular instance gautam it was quite sharp i thought it's a starking uh, contrast because here he was sitting in front of baba reading some of the most sacred texts and uh, you know at a mere thing of a pothi he picked up a quarrel with shama and in baba's own words if you give me a minute i will read them out baba said to him he said you are straining your every nerve to admonish him why be so sad without a reason to make an exhibition of your temper to the whole world how can you be so quarrelsome you read the pothis all the time and yet your heart is still impure every day you read ramayan you repeat the sahasranam but you have not given up the wild uh, willfulness and yet you call yourself a ramdasi what kind of a ramdasi are you you ought to be detached and desireless in every sense of the word but here you are not being able to give up your attachment to that pothi what can one say of this behavior of yours right actually uh, yeah very sharp words and to the point you see it uh, because nick to put it in context uh, we have a situation here where this man has been reading the holy books for a very long time and then he finds that someone has got hold of the holy book and his temper becomes like a volcano which has erupted you see mm. now baba has put this whole thing up to just test the ramdasi and baba himself has instructed the pothi to be given to shama if i'm not mistaken right yes now you know what this points to is is something very important see anger can arise in anyone anger can arise even in the ramdasi as a spontaneous reaction but in the ramdasi's case he got involved to such a degree that he went on and on and he said i'll break my head and i'll do this and i'll do that and how dare you steal my pothi so that involvement in the anger is the poison which is exactly what uh, sai baba says you know and his words point to that what are you doing he is telling the ramdas you are going on and on about this 
so it's it's a completely perfect example of what you know there's a disconnect neck between daily living and what we think we are doing on the spiritual journey and this was a most beautiful example in fact trust baba to take someone who's immersed in the scripture can example out of him because he's doing it for us you see the the these chapters are there because they speak to us and so what he's showing is that you know you think you are above attachment and you're attached to a book a book that to which you know it by heart a book which a fellow guru bandhu has taken whose intention obviously would be to read that book not not only that but you know he is accusing shama of stealing it from baba and saying no baba took it you took it from baba and creating all these complexities and so the ramdasi is actually us nick that is us when we get involved in situations and we blame people and condemn people and go on and on and on losing sight of what has actually happened this is a lesson for all of us who are reading the satcharita that hey you know just imagine because that ramdasi could be you and how you let your blow your lid every now and then thinking you are so self righteous so uh, once again i really marvel at this satcharita because you know it picks the perfect examples to show us where we are straying from the path you know gautam and this is so true plus this particular leela has so many dimensions to it there is one more part where baba before the ramdasi comes into the picture Uh, or rather when before he returns baba explains the significance of the sahasranam to shama and the utter importance of each alphabet he said even if you take one of it every day it will benefit you greatly and as we all know baba's every word is impregnated with deep meaning so even the reading of the pothis as baba has said in the earlier chapters one has to contemplate these leelas to take these jewels it's only on the contemplation that we get these fine points yes most certainly because what tends to happen is we just read these as stories and like a story a night before sleeping and then put the book away and that is why uh, you know uh, i reiterate i'm i perhaps do it to the point of boredom but i reiterate <laughs> that each story has to impact one's daily living and one's own relationship with the people in one's lives you know whether it's family friends strangers colleagues whoever it may be gautam uh going to what narsimha swami ji had written where he cited baba's words that most people come to him with their ghada upside down that means they are not receptive yes could you give some specific pointers in our dealing today that we could at least be with baba where we are with our palms you know open to receive Uh, Nick, I mean, this story is the perfect example. Now, are we receptive to this story, or is our ghada upside down? If we read it as a story which happened to the Ramdasi, our ghada is upside down. Whereas, if we realize Baba is actually talking to us, then our ghada is straight up and open. You see, it reminds me of this uh, the story of the the student who went to the Zen master. 
and after climbing a very high mountain finally reached the cave and the zen master said that let me give you some tea and the student was so frustrated he said i've climbed this mountain i want the truth i've been searching for you for years i have no time for tea don't waste my time and the zen master continued to pour and continued to pour till the tea started spilling over the cup and out onto the floor and then the zen master told the student you know you are already so full of your own concepts full of your own searching and seeking you are just not open and so whatever i pour into you is going to pour out of the cup it's going to pour out of you because that receptivity is not there here i am you've taken me to be your master and i'm offering you tea and you are so impatient so impertinent that you are very clear that it's a waste of your time that means you know better you see so this ghada being upside down <laughs> i think we are all uh, guilty of that crime and uh, you know let's say nick that we read this chapter we would be guilty of the ghada being upside down if it's not implemented in our lives so let's say tomorrow you again shout at someone which is fine it can happen but we get involved in that shouting and make life hell for the other person and ourselves then our ghada is upside down you see absolutely so i think awareness would be the key where we even observe our own conduct our own reaction so we reflect on our life our day to day life in conjunction with the leelas we read baba's words absolutely do you have any other pointers that can help accelerate that process of absorption nick uh, you see i personally feel that uh, anyone who's on this journey is in us in a way receptive but we are blind to our faults you know and the minute we realize we are accusing blaming or judging others we need to stop and we need to just pause a bit and say hey you know what what exactly is going on why is this happening so this self awareness needs to kick in during the day with whomever we come across i would truly recommend this as a possible practice that if you really want to live the teachings of sai baba i mean don't resort to just reading the satcharita look at your relationships at the end of your working day think back on whom all you encountered what you spoke to them about were you critical were you judgmental and this process of reflection will take you very very far Gautam, one other aspect that I found in the story, which I mentioned earlier, was on the emphasis Baba laid on discipline and the reading of the pothis as a sadhana. So mm-hmm. Baba would generally hold up devotees if they swayed from, you know, their uh, what they had committed to their their particular sadhana and the reading, which he right. would do throughout the satcharit. We see ma- many instances of it. Right. So recently, there was a friend of mine who brought up a question when we were on a call, and she mentioned that she reads the Hanuman Chalisa and does Baba's Artis, but sometimes, you know, she loses that momentum, or you know, something is not right. So mm-hmm. I asked her. I said, "See, it's very nice that you do it, but do you 
know the meaning of the artis there are the translations do you know the meaning of the hanuman chalisa if you just take time once to read that or a few times and then you do this you may have a very different zeal because the same thing works as an affirmation and to my surprise a few weeks later she came back gotam and she mentioned that it made a tremendous difference in her sadhana point of discipline is uh, actually a very important one because you used the word in fact committed you know yes how committed are we to the practice uh, that is the key you know i remember there was a very famous healer in the west in the 1950s and 60s called joel goldsmith and uh, he had like his appointment book was full hundreds of people would visit him for healings and he used to say that you know if you really want something and i tell you come at 3 o'clock you should ask me sir is that am or pm because you should be willing to come at any time you should want it that badly not as per your convenience that okay when it's convenient for me i'll do this when it's convenient for me i'll do that which is actually honestly a approach to these spiritual matters kotham this is a beautiful example you've shared and it's no coincidence because in this very chapter chapter 27 there is the story of baba's special devotee megha and he was a shining example of this particular virtue i mean you know guru bhakti uh where if you read this chapter i'm sure most of the devotees know about it he was a shining example of this no am pm like you know <laughs> baba during uh on one particular day he would walk miles both ways just to bring you know the water the sacred water to give baba a bath on uh, that particular day and he is one of the devotees that got the jewel because when he left his body baba actually wept for him So it's a beautiful example you shared and I feel it's no coincidence it's in this chapter itself. That's nice to know. Gautam, I uh, would also like if devotees can ask you a few questions. I had a few points which I've asked you and uh, if you would be happy to take a few questions today. Sure, more than happy. Wonderful. So anyone if they would like to ask Gautam questions, you could uh, press that raise your hand button. and i would be happy to uh, you know just get you on board to speak uh, just a small request if your questions can be concise and maybe framed within a line or two it would help because then we can take a few more questions in the session hello sairam yes we can have you able to ask you a question right now yes yes certainly okay so i have this week uh, a very simple doubt so when you are always devoted to baba and when you think that whatever he gives you will be the best one but when you are always confused what would be your next step i go to baba and do like you know i put up just chits s or no and then whatever he gives me i take it so this is not only with me i have seen with most of the sai baba devotees and most of my friends who who does this but when others like who does not know this procedure and stuff they ask me why do you want to do that why don't you ask for god to give us strength whatever you choose for and you could go with that why do you want to ask him if it is s or a no and be confused again 
so would you please guide me on this am i doing it right or wrong yeah ashanti you know we all must do exactly that which we think and feel we should do yes we can listen to others we can factor in their opinions that is fine but for you if this method works of chits by all means because you see there are some of us who are uh, not able to take decisions easily others are able to take decisions easily we are all made differently this is not you know a case where everyone should be able to you know make decisions easily everyone should fall in line no we are all unique i too have a very dear friend who's a sai baba devotee and i'm familiar with what you say because he also puts chits when he's confused and i will tell you something very interesting uh which i spoke about in my sunday talk you know i had taken a german lady with her two daughters to a shop in mumbai to they wanted to buy gifts to take back home now the elder daughter was very clear she ran from shelf to shelf she put up whatever she wanted she picked up she put it in the shopping basket and her stuff was done the younger daughter could not decide she would go to the shelf she'd get confused she'd put it into her basket and put it back on the shelf and the younger daughter was getting frustrated now their mother seeing this also thought i was getting frustrated because my time was going and i told the mother look don't worry about me you know your the nature of your younger daughter she is confused so why don't you go and help her decide so one daughter could take decisions the other daughter could not we are all made that way nobody is to blame for such things and nobody should be told oh you better improve this you better improve that in such situations if you need a tool if you need an aid in which case it is chits and if it works for you why not there's no harm in it at all yeah thank you so much i hope you've got your answer yes i have got my answer uh but yeah now i have one more doubt can i go ahead or sure, should i sure. just okay cool so now uh, i am confused and i go to god i go to baba and put chits and i get s and i'm still confused and i won't be <clears throat> taking taking it as yes and i would do the opposite way so in mm. that case it would not be <laughs> it would not make sense right that is because then prashanti actually is looking for a certain outcome which the chit is not complying with <laughs> exactly that so is what is happens you see that is a very big problem <laughs> yeah i always get this thing yeah this but this is the thing this is the thing i'll tell you about this friend of mine prashanti since you raised it and it's come up he was wanting to go to the uk uh, with his son because to admit his son in college and he kept getting no he kept getting no in the chit and he kept throwing the chits and he kept getting no and i told him look this has to stop because you're trying to force a yes now prashanti this was in december 2019 and as we know the pandemic happened in feb 2020 and after that i told him look there's a reason for everything so please why are you trying to force your will and he kept saying oh i can't understand why baba is saying no it is ideal for my son it is perfect it's his future it's his education he kept rationalizing it reasoning it out and now we know why it was a no you see 
so your second question is actually it shows how the ego can be really naughty because it's trying to push for an outcome <laughs> which it is not getting so you have to be careful about that टीचिंग्स लेटली and uh, two of these questions popped up uh, one is time and space concept is not valid as he says mm-hmm. there is no time and space and i really want to understand that concept because i really can't apply it in general and second question is thai will be done like everything is done by god himself and i am not the doer mm-hmm. so like the second question basically like the doer like non doer uh, concept right um how can i strongly um understand the concept like how can i you know um be determined in that because if something bad happens i really you know can't get on hold with that i'll be like how can that happen and later i listen to this concept and i'll be like okay why would god want to you know why would that why would that happen to me I okay. hope I kept that question yeah right okay so let's take your second question first because it applies to everyone you see uh tej the thing is that whatever we decide to do any human being anyone who's listening to this right now whatever they decide to do is based on two factors their genetics and their conditioning their conditioning means the parents they were born to the income group they were born in the geographical area they were born in the religion they were born into and so on and so forth the school they went to the their education and all this shaped them you see so any decision we take is based on our genetics and our conditioning now who created our conditioning we didn't create it the environment created it god created it it was beyond our control so what we think is our decision deep down truly depends on factors which are not in our control which god made so when you say that i am not the doer of my actions it means that there's so much vastness so many factors come together and make me the person i am and so therefore i am truly not the doer of my actions now more importantly i may do what i like but the results are never in my control you see sometimes i get what i want and many times i don't get what i want then whose control are the results in once again the answer is god so we have to understand this in daily living what this means that supposing someone upsets you okay your sister your brother your friend when you understand that this person is coming from their own blueprint the way god has made them you accept that they were meant to hurt you it doesn't mean you become uh, someone who people will walk over but you accept that okay 
this person is acting based on their conditioning their belief systems which god created for them i don't know what they went through in their childhood so you know you don't start finger pointing and hating and blaming and condemning people like you used to this understanding is there so when you put your point of view across to the other person it is from a position of response and not reaction that is how a teaching of non doership can percolate into daily living that is what happens i'm just giving this brief example so everyone can understand uh, how non doership is quite uh, important factor when you really truly accept that all the people in your life especially the ones you don't like the people who push your buttons who trigger you are acting out their script based on their destiny you will be gentler towards them you will be more compassionate and you will still express your point of view but there will be no venom there will no be no spite and hatred in your words your words will have a different vibration when you speak to them does that answer your question in some way the second one yes yes totally yeah you see and uh it's really beautiful i'm glad you're exploring this because these are what impact these kind of concepts impact daily living and have the potential to transform your relationships with people and coming to your first question about time and space which frankly besides getting theoretical knowledge is irrelevant as far as applying it to daily living is concerned but just take two things i'll leave you with two simple examples in deep sleep the world does not exist for you so where is time and where is space in deep sleep you see the other way to look at it is imagination imagine imagine anything like supposing you now right now imagine a castle in the sky right did that require time or space it didn't so how real is time and space when stuff can still happen without these concepts so if you want to explore time and space deeper we can do it perhaps in another way not on this uh, clubhouse but uh, i would my suggestion would be rather than getting lost in those concepts stick to whatever appeals to you which you can apply in daily living okay Okay. Thanks, thanks Tej. Uh for the next questions if we can try and keep it relevant to the topic discussed here that would be helpful or at least around Baba's teachings is a small request. Nandini you can ask uh, Gautam your question. Thank you so much. Uh, namaskar to everyone. Namaste. Um my question is that um we all experience ebbs and flows in our lives and it is something very normal. and even our spiritual life is not uh, different from this so how do we maintain um, that kind of um, that same level of zeal and enthusiasm in our spiritual life um, because there are days when we although we are connected to baba there are days when we do not um, feel um, praying with that much reverence or devotion so how to how to get rid of and how to maintain that kind of balance in our spiritual life but uh, could you explain that further why are there those days when you feel that zeal is not there for me i think it's um, it's very natural uh, that there are days when you when you are so much um, 
engrossed in your daily life or your work or there's something going on with with you that you do not feel um praying with that much devotion or reverence or so um as you you know you do in or uh, in, in you should be supposed to do, you are supposed to do in the in in the regular uh, i mean how it is supposed to go you just don't feel like you're that connected on those very days so how do we maintain that kind of uh, enthusiasm on in, Act- in a casual life yeah actually nandadi I, i would i would put it across to you in a very different way you know as the phrase goes work is worship right now supposing you are engaged in work and you are following baba's teachings in the sense at work how are you with people how are you with yourself how dedicated are you to the work you are doing isn't that also being engaged with baba's words and teachings so it does not mean we have to remember baba all the time and we have to start chanting and all whatever action we are performing in the day if the awareness is there if the master's grace is upon us and the people we encounter the work we are doing if we are giving it a 100% then that is the teaching in action you see which is as important as the remembrance of baba in fact i would say it is even more important because then we know the teaching has been delivered in daily living so it's not necessary that you know the zeal you are mentioning uh refers to a practice that is one aspect but what about if you started viewing your entire day your day at work your whenever you are engaged in light of baba's teachings i would say the zeal will be multiplied even more so don't compartmentalize and segment it that you know uh because see if you are living the teaching you're living it 24/7 you have to be that immersed in it and that is the zeal so it should not be separated from daily living right thank you so much now i'll give you one example quickly about sure. uh, you know i used this example of a government official who uh, was very hard to deal with in the government office extremely hard extremely rude extremely obnoxious made life difficult for the people who wanted to meet him but in the evening at the sai baba temple at the puja time he went about distributing prasad to everyone now this is what i call disconnected living because you know your zeal is there to distribute prasad because you are sai baba bhak but when it comes to following his teachings if you are to respect the person in front of you speak nicely be courteous all that went out of the window so what kind of a zeal is this that i am distributing prasad with zeal but in my daily living the people i encounter i don't care damn about them so this is my point you see kotam can i add something here sure see i was thinking of the role of sadhana in such a case that if one follows the disciplines baba has shown us say the reading the aartis you know meditation like in chapter 18 baba has categorically said how to do meditation on him the nam smaran mm. don't you feel that those if done regularly would also change one state of mind and being see the mind will obviously create restlessness and tell you oh today is a bad day i'm busy one should probably take a holiday from sadhana 
but mm-hmm. if the discipline and yearning is there and you still do it even if it's half hearted it over time is bound to at least weaken these patterns of the mind uh, could you shed some light on that definitely and that's because of two reasons one is that you see that vibration in the sadhana whatever it be reading chanting starts permeating the other points of the day it's not just restricted to that half an hour let's say because that's an a vibration which is set in motion and which is ongoing and more importantly if we have a fixed time every day for the sadhana the body's biorhythm gets adjusted accordingly and it, it will automatically happen you see that at that time you are more receptive to the sadhana because the timing has been set like i'll tell you a common example which happens in meditation supposing you meditate at a fixed hour every day say 7 to 7:30 am and one day you don't meditate because you have to travel for work or you have something else to do nick the fact is that on that day when you are not meditating at that time you will find your mind calming down automatically because it has been set you see the the rhythm has been set and so there's a tremendous benefit in discipline and in sadhana because it permeates your daily living but it should not be a scattered discipline because then it becomes fragmented if it is regular if it is prioritized it is bound to impact daily living most certainly wonderful gautam thank you and nandini i hope that answered uh, you know your question and gave you some insights that really did answer my question very well thank you so much gautam wonderful great fun this i really enjoyed this clubhouse nick and uh, such beautiful questions because you know everyone who asks a question is asking on behalf of all of us who are yes. listening Yes. And so I would encourage uh, people to share their doubts, share their questions or just share even if there's no question just share whatever you feel like mm-hmm. because we are all part of the same family you see. Yes, absolutely. Shall we take one more question before you go, Kota? Okay, if there is sure. Yes. Uh, so there's Kuldeep here. Kuldeep, uh, you can ask your question. Yes. Hey. Thanks for allowing me. Uh, Gautam sir, uh, I've seen your videos uh, with regards to Ramesh Pal Sekar and and those those were really helpful to me in my times of seeking. So thank you for that. Welcome. Uh, this is the first time I'm on a portal uh, related to Sai Baba. I've had no uh, exposure to his teachings. My seeking mostly been with things like Jay Krishnamurthy and Ramesh Pal Sekar, and I'm really fascinated with and. the discussion so uh, my question in this case would be in regards to, uh, because sai baba is such a common figure uh, every indian knows it but uh, as a child growing up the only thing i used to hear that's in common place is about the miracles and how many uh, stories are there uh, right i'd like to ask uh, do you think those are uh, true as a reality has a space for those kind of things or are, are they fables which grew with time and expounded uh, and what not so how does one approach this seriously uh, if i want to really go into the teachings and also have an open mind towards all the stories that are around um, sure sure that's a nice question you asked uh, you see uh, kuldeep you'll agree with me that god is all pervading all knowing all powerful 
all love all action all being because that is the definition of god there is nothing excluded from god right now a representative of god of that omnipresence omnipotence omniscience when that representative comes along in this case shirdi sai baba there is nothing that can be beyond his ambit you see nothing can be beyond the ambit of a representation of the absolute now these miracles which were performed there is no doubt that they happened because even masters like ramana maharshi sent their devotees to catalog baba's miracles and baba's teachings so let there be no doubt because in the realm of consciousness anything is possible absolutely it is infinite consciousness so how can anything not be possible the point is you are so right in saying that the focus was on miracles being catalogued because at that time jnana yoga was less prevalent the bhakti bhav was there people were prone to bhakti especially the simple people so baba used the miracles as examples because they would be set in people's minds they would be recorded down but if you read the satcharita each chapter you read the miracle of course but then you read the story behind the miracle you see the words in that chapter and what is the knowledge the knowledge with a capital k which it is giving you that is when your true journey with the satcharita begins you see so have no doubt about the veracity of the miracles but do not get lost in them that is what we do we get so taken up by miracles that we want those same miracles in our lives and we completely miss the point of the lesson the point of why we are being told about that story is totally missed because then you know i scully received so many emails from baba devotees that oh uh, you know baba did a miracle in this one's life in my my life i have no job i have no girlfriend i have no this i have i'm waiting for a miracle what kind of stuff is that you see that is what happens we just keep waiting for miracles that is truly a pitfall of this so i'm glad you brought this up but as i said don't doubt the veracity of the miracles but study it what is the essence what is being pointed at what is under this miracle what is behind it what is above it all this has to be looked at it's a multi dimensional teaching in that sense Thanks a lot Gordon that helped a lot. Okay. Um, That's great. Thank you. Thanks Nick. Thanks for going now. Yes, thank you very much for your time as always and my pleasure. I look forward to this interaction again. Yes, by Baba's grace, uh, we would love to have you on board again and uh, you know have more satsang followed by questions. Yeah, and thanks to all the beautiful people who been listening to this. Wonderful Gautam. Thank okay. you. Thank you everybody. Take care.